Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hook them up rolls on. Hour two of our five-hour morning by morning sports conversation with a lot to talk about. Conference championship weekend on tap. Cowboys tonight. Opening up week 13. Will it be a good game? The Cowboys are a nine, nine and a half point favorite. With the Seattle Seahawks coming in tonight. On paper, a couple weeks ago, it looked like it would be a good game, but Seattle has stumbled. Cowboys have rolled, and we know what the Cowboys do to bad football teams. And right now, Seattle might just be a bad football team. But they have good players. I mean, uh, D.K. Metcalf and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the young rookie out of Ohio State. Uh, Tyler Lockett, they got good, good stable of backs. They've got uh, Geno Smith. If you get good Geno, you can be a pretty good team. If you get bad Geno, and the Cowboys have forced that uh, could be a bad game. Nick Shuley's hanging with us again this morning. We appreciate him with Rod uh, dealing with the, the COVID protocols. He'll be back just as soon as he can uh, and getting you cranked up. Uh, happy to report to you there, Nick, that I uh, I was asleep before 8.30 last night. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. That sounds like an absolutely perfect night. <laughs> it, it's funny. Wait, like when you say that to somebody in their 20s, I'm sure Ty thinks that sounds terrible. But right. to me, when you say something like that, I'm, man, that sounds like the best night ever. <laughs> it's I weird. was also I mean, I, asleep we, by like 9 o'clock last night. I, were you? Yeah, there wasn't much on. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm getting tired. Long week already trying to get everything planned for the weekend and get up to, to Dallas on Friday and Arlington on Saturday. Uh, so I just crashed. It was good. And then I woke up at like 3 o'clock. I was like, man, I've been asleep forever. And I still have an hour or so to go before I got to wake up. Uh, but, yeah, I got a good night's sleep. So excited about that. Uh, rainy day today, though, warming up and uh, a little muggy out there. Uh, and you were on the roads driving over here. So uh, be careful. And slick, strict street, slick streets and pulling water. So you'll be dealing with that this morning as you get up and out. But it looks like it's a beautiful weekend on tap. Temperatures in the 70s, uh, low 70s for the weekend. So uh, whatever your plans entail, I'm, they're headed to, to the Metroplex. That's great staying here to watch the games and take that in as well as we head into the month of December beginning tomorrow. You had a fact for, for what the facts there, Nick, that I think is interesting, and it leads to a big conversation. And uh, it centers around championship Saturday and championship weekend uh, because Georgia plays Alabama. Uh, Sunday, Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock in the Georgia Dome there in Atlanta. And you had a, a pretty compelling Nick Saban stat on that. Yeah, I don't know how this makes me feel, but Nick Saban is 10-1. and one. This is from Peter Burns, ESPN. Nick Saban is 10-1 and one in SEC championships. Saban has won 16 straight games in Atlanta, and he is also undefeated in Mercedes-Benz Stadium at 7-0. and oh. So I don't, I, I don't know how that makes me feel because I, I, can't, I can't decide if I want – Alabama to beat Georgia or if I want Georgia just to take care of business because you know you think about the for Texas it's you know the, the quality of their win then Alabama becomes that much better but I also I, I know you don't buy into the two SEC teams but I, I I could totally see the committee bumping bumping somebody out and saying Alabama and Georgia get in and I understand where they're coming from with that well and I heard that debate quite a bit yesterday as a matter of fact we, we had it yesterday and my contention is there won't be two teams from any conference this year uh, I, I firmly believe that. And my argument would be this. Yes, if, if Alabama beats Georgia, 
Uh, it, it, to me, it further bully, buoys Texas's case. It does. It, point of fact. It's a point. I mean, you got to go on the facts at that point. Uh, Texas beat Alabama by 10 points uh, in Tuscaloosa. If Alabama then beats Georgia, who, look, look, by the way, who, who are the Georgia heavyweight wins this year? That's what I was actually just looking at. Cause I I mean, Georgia's, heavy, Georgia's best win is Missouri in Athens this year, right? Uh, they beat Tennessee, who was down this year. Uh, they beat Florida. I mean, who is who is Georgia's best win? Oh, Ole Miss is their best win. Okay, that number nine, and they won fifty two seventeen. But I, yeah, I agree. Like they, and I think, and and even I, I'm just as guilty of it. I just in my head have considered them easily the greatest team in college football, just because they've been pasting people. But this but, is this is their play-in but, game. I mean, yeah. to me, you have to consider this a play-in game. And if Georgia doesn't win it, they're out. I mean, that that would be. And here's why. And here's why. Uh, they wouldn't be a conference champion. Uh, Nick, uh, the conference championship data point and that 12th win is going to be a huge factor, in my opinion, uh, because Texas has a chance to be a conference champion in a 12-win season. Oregon has a chance, even if they have a loss, that they were a conference champion in the Pac-12, which was a very good conference this year. You know, Texas Big 12 champion. If Georgia's not even a conference champion, um, I'm not seeing it. Now, if they want to put them in over Florida State and include Texas and Alabama, because uh, Alabama's the SEC champion at that point. Uh, they're in. Uh, I don't know where they seed them all, but they're in. Uh, Texas is in as the Big 12 champ if they win. Uh, Oregon or Washington are in as the Pac-12 champ. And then you can decide you can, you, if you want to go ahead and, and not put the ACC champion in. I mean, Michigan's in too, obviously. So, you know, no, I, I think the conference championship and the 12th win would be a big data point in that conversation uh, for the committee. And I, look, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, a situation the committee wants. I mean, it's going to be a mess because the Georgia fans are going to be howling. Uh, you know, we've won 29 straight games. We're 29 of our last 30 games. We're not in. We're not one of the four best teams. But you're not even a conference champion. And you didn't win your biggest game. You've got to because, – because Alabama's win would avenge their loss. Because to, to lose to Texas you know, doesn't look like that, that bad of a loss right now, right? Texas is number six or seven in the country. And, you know, so they, they beat you. But you then turn around and beat Georgia. So that puts you in. That drops Georgia out. Georgia's got to win this game. I don't care what happened the last three years. I really don't. Yeah. What's happened this year is what's going to count going in. Well, I, I just so you know, I 100% agree with you and everything you're saying. And my issue with it is you are using logic. And your logic checks out, and it's completely right, in my opinion. And, and that's what should be done. But I also – this committee has proven week in and week out that logic doesn't matter, that, that, that the only thing that matters to them are these big, sexy wins. That's what they want. And that's what Georgia's done most of the year. Granted, they slipped a little against Georgia Tech but and, and maybe Missouri. But they, they've pasted people, and so did Oregon. And they fall in love with these teams. And Texas, we have – this reputation as a team that's squeaking by, right? Like instead of the the rhetoric being Texas lost their, you know, their incredible running back Jonathan Brooks, and they won two games with the backup quarterback who'd never really even played in a game. Instead of getting credit for that, it was like, well, they squeaked by a, a you know a, a higher ranked Tech Kansas State team with a backup quarterback. So it's just I I agree with you. 100%. But I have zero faith in this committee, especially when they, you know, b- like paraded Boo Corrigan out there talking about Bo Nix. If the fact that that is in his head, that completion percentage is in his head, shows me that th- they, they're in love with that. And George has done that. So I, I don't know, man. I hope, I hope you're correct. I just think this is an outlier of a year. We haven't never had a year where eight teams have a look on the final weekend. 
Never. Yeah. And meaning eight teams have a look, and they they have to be considered. So you have to consider every data point all the way down to conference champion. Conference champions need to be in. Because starting next year, next year you're going to a model that's a 12-team model, but you're guaranteeing the, the final the, the power four conference champions are in. The, and so this year you set that precedent. You can't you you can't drop a conference champion out and put in a play a team that lost their conference championship game. I don't care. Just rem, just remove the head the, the hamlets and who they are. Just say that. I, I, I agree. Remove that and just use the <laughs> logic of it that if you didn't win your conference championship this year, you're not going to be qualified. Last year you could because you know, there weren't enough, and Ohio State jumped in there. Um, you know TCU jumped in there. I mean they, last year was an outlier the other way where a couple of not, not conference champions got in, uh, which was bizarre. Uh, but we'll, look, we'll see. And that, we'll see if this weekend if, if all of a sudden there's, a, there's all kinds of chaos. Well, then they've got some real decisions to make. Uh, but point of fact, if, if, if that's true in Alabama – look, Alabama nearly lost to Auburn last week. Yep. I mean, on a, a desperation fourth down Hail Mary play. Uh, they don't win that game. We're not even talking about Alabama, but they could still upset Georgia. Georgia's got to win this game. Yeah. Uh, and Georgia, needs, Georgia fans need to know that going into it. Because uh, I do think – because Washington – I said this all day yesterday. Georgia-Alabama is a play-in game. Alabama-Washington – or Washington-Oregon is a play-in game. Uh, for Texas, it's a win and give yourself the opportunity game. I also think Florida State, the same thing. If they win, they're playing in. They're putting themselves in, even though people will object to them being there with a backup quarterback. If you're 13-0, and conference champion out of the ACC, I don't know how they keep you out. Michigan, the same thing, undefeated out of the Big Ten. Uh, it's, that, it's, it's razor close, but I think that would put Georgia at five outside the window. I just think they they have this love affair with it's it's blue bloods who have been strong recently, and they there is this un, un this unpublished data point of you've been really good recently, or you've been undefeated, or you've won this many conference championships recently, and they're getting credit for that, which I think is the biggest pile of garbage because w- things should be based on this year, not on your history, not on what you've done in the past, not on you know who your coach is, not any of that. It's what you've done on the field, and it's your resume. And if we actually go on resume, which is what they say, there is zero argument for keeping Texas out of this Final Four if they win their game on Saturday. All right, we'll take your thoughts. That's going to be the uh, debates, and there are a bunch of games to decide. Let's get to the other headlines, though, trending topics to start your Thursday morning. Let's crank it up. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories, and it is college football. 2023 All-Big 12 Football Awards announced yesterday. Some pretty eye-popping numbers here. 26 members of the first-place Longhorns were honored after the vote of league's coaches. It's the uh, highest number for the Texas program since 2005 when they won the national championship. Honors include honorable mention votes that they've got. Big 12 coaches voted senior defensive lineman Tavondre Sweat, the conference's defensive player of the year. His line mate Byron Murphy on the D-line voted the league's defensive lineman of the year. Linebacker Anthony Hill Jr., the freshman of the year on defense. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, the conference's newcomer of the year on offense. Uh, Xavier Worthy, J.T. Sanders, Kelvin Banks, and Burt Auburn all made the first team All-Big 12 team offensively. Devondre Sweat, Jalen Ford, and uh, we're also on the and Byron Murphy on the defensive side on the first team. Jonathan Brooks, A.D. Mitchell, Jade Barron, second team selections. Longhorn's opponent in Saturday's Big 12 championship game also garnered a couple of major accolades. Oklahoma State running back Ollie Gordon voted the league's offensive player of the year. Mike Gundy voted the conference's coach of the year. 11-1 Texas will face a 9-3 Oak State Saturday at 11 a.m. in Arlington. Starry Steve Tarkisian will have his final preview of the game coming up after this morning's practice with his weekly Thursday Zoom. Also from College Football Transfer Portal officially opening on Monday. Players already announcing their intentions including Duke's quarterback uh, Riley Leonard. He has announced that he intends to enter that transfer portal after the departure of their head coach Mike Elko to A&M. Leonard expected to be one of the top players available. ESPN's Pete Thamel reporting Notre Dame 
is already expecting to target uh, the junior. Former Texas A&M quarterback Max Johnson has already announced that he is transferring to North Carolina, while South Carolina QB Spencer Rattler announced he's headed to the NFL. College basketball playing in front of nearly 5,000 screaming kids for the annual 40 Acres field trip at the Moody Center yesterday. Texas women proved 8-0 with a walloping of... Oral Roberts, 112-74. Head coach Vic Schaefer's Longhorns off to their best start since the 2015-2016 season at 8-0. They're going to face a huge early test Sunday afternoon. They're going to welcome Mighty Yukon to the Moody Center at 2 o'clock. Great game there. Rodney Terry and the Texas men back in action tonight. They welcome Texas State, the Bobcats, to Moody for a 7 o'clock tip this evening. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Double up discounts this month by getting 5% off any rental or purchase of steel outdoor power equipment by donating two non-perishable food items from Capital Area Food Bank. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight. And there you go. Uh, good stuff. Uh, for the Longhorns, we'll run through it. And did, were you, uh, we're going to do Rod's rant coming up without Rod, but um, any rant that uh, Sark wasn't coach of the year? And it went to Mike Gundy. Oh yeah, I got a lot of fuel for that. One. <laughs> I got a lot of fuel. Um, yeah, and as I, I, you just can't. I mean, somebody texted us on the heels of me saying that and talked about how the volleyball team got shafted. I, I totally agree. That that's it. that was my exact thought too. I, and, and this is where I will say, and I I could hear Rod saying it. You can't expect much. These are voted by the coaches. The Big 12 coaches are pretty bitter still that Texas is leaving. Yeah, uh, butthurt is the word that I would use. Yes. <laughs> well, but you got to anticipate that. I mean, they're not, if, they have a, if they have a split vote, they're going the other way. Yep. And, and you know, I understand it. I mean, the, I'm going to vote for the players, teams, coaches. They're going to be in our conference. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you know, Sark is not going to be in this conference. They're on their way out. Mike Gundy's still going to be in this conference, and now he's the coach of the year. Yeah, and it started last year. They did it to Jalen Ford last year. They're, they're, like, the fact that the K-State kid got def- defensive, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year over Jalen Ford last year, who had one of the best seasons any linebackers had at Texas, it, it's, it, it, it was already starting then that everyone was already mad at Texas. And I think, I think this is – I, I, I told you yesterday, I think Gundy's a phenomenal coach. I love Mike Gundy, but you can't. Sark went 11-1 and one and took this team and, and, and probably had the biggest win in this uh, – non-conference win in this conference in I don't know how long. And not to give him coach of the year, it's 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 a joke. Uh, well, I, look, I'm not gonna say joke. Yeah, I, that's, cause, fair. Cause that's it, fair. Because it's yeah, I love Gundy. So because <laughs> the, the, the media who does, I mean, this, the, the vote is by the coaches. The media in the preseason voted Texas to win the conference overwhelmingly. Um, so if they win the conference, that was the expectation. And Sark's done a great job. But Mike Gundy's team was picked to finish seventh. And they're playing for the Big 12 title, so you can you can make that argument, and it's not that's it, fair. It's a fair argument. Uh, so it's not like these coaches are just railroading Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, it's 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 close because Mike Gundy. We've said all week this is one of his best coaching jobs that he's ever done. I mean, with what he did, what they looked like in September to where they are now with seven wins in their last eight games, that's a pretty good job. Um, so uh, you know, some people said, what about Brett Venables? I mean, Brett Venables went from you know a, a terrible season, terrible defense to a ten win team. Uh, this year at ten and two, so there are some arguments elsewhere, but I think uh, uh, you just you just can't expect to get the benefit of the doubt at this point because you're leaving, and yeah. you you knew when you announced it <laughs> that they're butthurt, whatever words you want, they were going <laughs> to be, and that that should be the expectation. Uh, now, look, I mean, I don't think the officiating's been as bad as we it could have been. Now, Texas fans will give you the numbers about lack of holding calls, and Sark's talked about defensive pass interference, and uh, but I you know. That that's still some we still get that on the on the message line about tomorrow or Saturday's game of, oh man, I hope the the Big Twelve officials don't because we've seen that in Oklahoma State matchups before. Last yeah. year was the Oklahoma State game where fifteen penalties called on Texas zero on Oklahoma State in Stillwater. I was at that game and uh, we'll see. But let's dive into Rod's rant here quick uh, after the headlines as we roll on. We got to get to Rod's rant of the day. 
Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, we just had a good little rant there, good debate. <laughs> but uh, this is, guys, yesterday you were talking about the region being part of the selection committee's formula. Wouldn't that also benefit Texas, one of the playoff teams being the Sugar Bowl and the championship game being in Houston? Look, I mean, I, I said it. I mean, uh, you go to the college football playoff website, it says consider geography. Now, that's not just for the Final Four. That's for all the bowl games. Uh, and they're trying to create compelling matchups. That's their goal. Uh, and that's why I, cause somebody said last hour that uh, the, the fact that if they're holding a region for the Pac-12 champion, that's bogus. I don't think so. Uh, that would be my I think that's smart for the industry. Uh, if, if It's got to be merit-based, but I think if whoever wins the Washington-Oregon game, Oregon game has proven to be one of the best four teams in college football this year. I think the merit would be there. There would be a Power 4 conference champion or Power 5 conference champion um, you know, Oregon beating Washington would give them a win over the team that beat them, and it's also the third-ranked team in the country, so that would be their best win. And I don't have a problem if they want to consider region. This game has – this sport has become too isolated to the Deep South. I mean, there was about a five-year run where the sport was dominated by teams that are, that are separated by 300 miles between Clemson, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and then Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, that was dominant, and that's okay. Those were the best teams, but the, the West Coast wasn't putting a team forward that was good enough to even be considered. To me, that's part of that is why the, the Pac-12 is falling apart and is gone, is they just weren't you know, putting teams out there, and there were, they were you know, the, the top recruits were leaving the West Coast to go play in the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the SEC. We know that. I mean, I mean, think about some of the best players that we've seen leave California, the Bryce Youngs, the C.J. Strouds, the B. John Robinson leaving Arizona to come to Texas. Um, you know, this is and, – and what has, what has kind of changed the Pac-12 this year? Bo Nix leaving the SEC to go play at Oregon. Uh, Michael Penix leaving the Big Ten to go play at Washington. Um, you know, Cam Ward, a kid from the state of Texas, playing for Washington State. Uh, Caleb Williams leaving the Big 12 to go play in California. So the quarterbacks have come back, and now they have been kind of an it conference this year, whether you believe they are. I think the, the conference itself, its depth, its quality, its quarterbacks, that is a deserving spot. And I, so whoever wins the Pac-12 game should be in. And I think it's good and more healthy for the industry that they have a team from the, the West Coast uh, playing in the game because it's been too long. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I, I don't have a problem with that. We make that part of the reason. Yeah, and, and, and I, like I, I went on my rant yesterday about the Pac-12 getting way too much hype, but I, I do believe they have earned – those two teams are, are very good football teams, and one of those teams deserves to be in. And I, I get tripped up on – and I think this, is, this alludes back to what we just talked about do, – do, does Texas root for chaos, or do they root for just things to go exactly as planned? Texas fans should, root. should be rooting for chalk except for Louisville beating Florida State. Right, well, he, but here's the question. Somebody posted this on one of the message boards, and I think it's a great point. And, and it, maybe this is where I'm tripping up. And it, and it says, it, uh, imagine it's 10 p.m. Saturday and FSU just beat Louisville, right? Then what and, – and granted, at that point, you'd already know, the re, I think, most of the results. But wait, what time is that game? That's the night game. That's the night game. Yeah, so you'd know the results. But if that – let's just say that's the outcome, right, that, that FSU takes care of business and beats Louisville, the, the, you know, the nightmare scenario for us. 
uh, how th- then I think Texas has to root for that chaos to have happened, right? Like if that, at that point, because because your only chance to truly get in is is. So you're saying if Florida State wins? Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, wins. Florida State wins Saturday night. I think you go to bed feeling pretty pretty glum, even if Texas wins, unless. But but what if Alabama beat Georgia? What if yeah uh, that, that that would be your in? What if Iowa beat Michigan? Well, no. What ju- if like, <laughs> look look just Alabama beating Georgia? Well, look, you know what I mean. This kind of throws a like. So it it's does. like, what it do does. you root for? Well, and I, I heard that debate yesterday many times. I saw Kirk Herbstreit having that debate yesterday. I saw Joel Klatt and uh, Colin Cowherd having that debate yesterday. I don't think anybody knows how that would fall. Yeah, because I, I don't think I'm with most folks here in Rod's rant that don't the, the SEC is not getting left out. Yeah. But, but if Alabama beats Georgia and Texas, Florida State, Oregon, Michigan all win, I mean, you can't put Alabama in over Texas. You can't. But I think they would. Well, then, 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 then Texas would have every right to be angry about yeah, that. Yeah, and we will. I, well, I, <laughs> you can say you think they would. I think they wouldn't. I hope you're right. I, I, you have a lot more faith in them than I do. I, I, I'm just going on what they've done so far. Well, I'm not I, saying that it's not possible. I'm yeah. just saying I think at that point logic would tell you, and maybe they're not logical, but I think there are 13 members of that committee who are athletic directors who, who understand the, what's good. I mean, it would be a, it would be quite the sham because I, because I know on its face, not putting it, the SEC champion in doesn't make any sense. But in this situation, you have to look at the situation, and and if there's an undefeated Big Ten champion, Michigan, who might be the best team in the country, if there's an undefeated uh, or deserving Oregon. Look, look, let me say it this way. Here, here. Well, and I just made this argument about regionality, and I don't have a problem with it. If we get to that point, and it's Alabama beating Georgia, and everything else kind of falls as chalk, I think you could see Oregon get bumped. I think I think Texas would get in. Texas would have to. If you're going to put Alabama in, you have to put Texas in. You just do. Because uh, Texas beat them I mean, uh, I, by 10 I, points on their field. Your logic is 100% so, sound. So someone else would get bumped. It'd be Florida State. They would make the argument that Florida State, with their backup quarterback, isn't as good as Georgia. Uh, and they Man. would get Georgia in there. Uh, but, no, I think, you know, this is, this is such a weird year. Last year was a weird year. Yeah. Uh, the other way. But, you know, they, and that, look, I, again, I, people I respect who color, cover college football were having the same debate yesterday, and they don't have an unequivocal answer. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, so that would be, and you just gave Nick Saban's record in, in Atlanta, what, 16 in a row in that building. And, um, you know, it's only a five, four and a half, five point line. It's not inconceivable. They could find a way to win that game. I think Georgia's going to win it. So we're not going to worry about it. But at the same time, if they do, I don't, I, I have no, I can't sit here and predict. I can give my opinion. And I think Texas would, would be in, uh, well, it would be good for Texas. Well, I'm just fast forwarding to, to boo Corrigan's speech when he puts Georgia in over Texas. And, uh, like I have the stats ready for him if he needs them. It's. 3,320 yards, 72.9% completion percentage for Carson Beck. So, so that's, that's what we'd hear if that happens. But I, I, hope, I hope they do the right thing, right? Like to, and to me, the right thing is doing what you say, like, it, like holding, holding yourself to those standards of what you say teams need to do. Well, and consider this. It might be good for college football for the SEC's champion not to be in. That might be a healthy thing, right? That it, it, it's spreading. And, and, look, and it wouldn't be illogical. I mean, Texas would have earned the right in as the Big 12 champion, having beaten Alabama, who then beat Georgia. Oregon, we just made their case. Michigan, there's no dispute. Uh, and the only argument would be Florida State, because Florida State, even if they win, they are playing with a backup quarterback, and they will be playing with a backup quarterback on January 1st, because uh, Jordan Travis didn't come back anytime soon. So uh, good debates. We'll take your thoughts on it. How would that fall? You play that scenario out in your head, it'll make your head, uh, head hurt a little bit. Uh, we'll pick that up. Uh, we will also uh, pick up the conversations uh, of the day. Uh, get you ready for Cowboys-Seahawks tonight in the National Football League. Bullish or BS for the end of the hour. It's Hook'em Up.
on a rainy Thursday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh man, here we go. Our man Chan on the text line set up a point system for the CFP. Looks like the portfolio of the year for these Power 5 teams. Leverage the point system and EPL, my humble opinion. Well, too late for that. This is the 10th and final year of the four-team playoff. We have never had one like this, um, at least going into the final weekend. So we'll see. I mean, it, it could play out, as we've said, it, in the most simple way ever, where there are four undefeated conference champions. And it's it's not hard to pick, right? You're going to pick Georgia, you're going to pick Michigan, you're going to pick Florida State, and you're going to pick Washington. And they're all 13-0. And everyone else, sorry, a good season, but you should have won undefeated. Now, the only team that can complain at that point is Liberty. <laughs> if Liberty wins their uh, conference championship game because they're going to be undefeated too. But, uh, you know, but at the same time, chaos could, could ensue, and then we'll see. As we've said all along, Longhorns have to handle their business and then see where the chips fall. Uh, there is a chance you could be disappointed. That's true. And that absolutely is an op- is, is, there is a chance that happens. Uh, but it, it's much better than the last – 13 years or 14 years of Texas football that we've covered uh, to be in this spot versus that. Yes, it would be disappointing, but uh, uh, it does feel like the program's heading in a real good direction, and that speaks to the uh, all Big 12 teams that were announced yesterday. Congratulations to T. Sweat, to Vondre Sweat, uh, named the uh, the Big 12's Defensive Player of the Year. That helps to, has to help his candidacy for that Outland Trophy, Nick. Uh, Outland Trophy, right? And uh, you know the other, he's up for the Benaric Award. This could be quite the haul for T. Sweat coming up here in the next couple of weeks, and deservedly so. I don't, uh, you know, we haven't had somebody on campus like that in a while, and, and he's he, he's played to the part. Well, teams have to game plan for our for our defensive tackle, which and for actually for both of them, and and so like that we haven't had that on, on campus in a while. I'm trying to think who the who the last great, you know, I guess, I guess Puna Puna was Puna was pretty tough, and he 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 and Byron Murphy are are very similar players, but I, I'm trying to think of who, who would have been. That's a good Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Question. Can you think of who would have been the last the last great big run run stopper we had? Uh, it would Hampton. be Sean Rogers, Casey Hampton before right. him. Um, but was Puna know, the most recent? Puna was the best for Charlie Strong. There's also um, Malcolm, Malcolm, um, Malcolm, Brown Malcolm Brown was a good player. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, but not to this. Those guys were real good. This guy's great. This guy, I mean, he is. And he's elevated to... his game, right? He's gotten better and better. And this is, you got to give some kudos to Bo Davis for what he's done development-wise, right? He didn't recruit Tavondre Sweat. He inherited Tavondre Sweat and, uh, and has worked wonders with him. And that's the, you know, he now has, I mean, hitting, and then they've recruited well at that position. we got Colin Simmons coming in from Duncanville next year, uh, best pass rusher in the country. Um, you know, I think the hope in the program is that Alfred Collins will you know, kind of test the NFL waters but come back, yep. uh, much like Jordan Whittington did last year. Remember, Tavondre Sweat tested the NFL waters and came back. Remember, Jordan Whittington, and I think Tavondre Sweat went through senior ceremonies last year and, and then came back because Sark, Sark's opinion is if there's a chance, go through it because you don't get to do it again, yep. right? Uh, you, you deserve to – you know, see your mom and, you know, 
get the last ovation from the fans if, if this is going to be your last game. But, you know, that doesn't mean you can't come back. And Jordan Whittington is a good example of that. Devondre Sweat's a good example of that. But so for this year, yeah, I mean, to have these two, because I think both are gone. I think both are going to the National Football League. And both will be good players in the National Football League. Tavondre Sweat may have played his way into a first-round draft pick because he's the most dominant defensive lineman the Big 12 has seen since Indomitian Sue. When Indomitian Sue was wrecking shop at Nebraska, he's, that's how he's playing. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, Sue, and that whole defensive line was pretty damn good that year for them, much like Texas, right? I mean, the, the fact that you can only double-team one of those guys mathematically, you only got five offensive linemen, and you can bring, you know, running backs and, and tight ends pull and try to chip those guys. But you, you can only, with your offensive lineman, double-team one guy, which leaves one of them single-teamed on every play, and it leaves the other two guys single on the ends, which is why Ethan Burke and uh, Baron Sorrells have had good seasons, and Anthony Hill Jr., whoever is up, to, up front uh, there. But it does bode well for the future because, you know, the whole plan uh, that, that Sark has seen come into fruition this year is, you know, we've got to be ready for the lines of scrimmage in the SEC, and that starts next year. You'd like to have these two guys going into the SEC next year, but that's not going to happen. That's why you'd like to see Alfred Collins. Vernon Broughton has to continue to get better and develop and those kind of guys, and you continue to add recruits. I mean, they, Sadir Mitchell came in. And Tr uh, Trill, there's a good chance Trill might be Trill back Carter. too. Yeah. Uh, Sadir Mitchell was the big kid they recruited from New Jersey last year who they hope is the future at that position. You've seen him. He's a big dude. <laughs> he is a big dude. He's a lot like Tavondre. He's, he's a large man. And, uh, yeah, he's Roy a, Miller was mentioned. Lamar Houston has been mentioned. Oh, yeah, Appreciate those. I forgot about Roy Miller. Yeah, that's, Roy was a great player. Well, well, I think this is cool too because it's starting. It's starting to change the rhetoric that Texas Texas gets five star talent and then they squeak through into seventh round draft picks and, and things like that as opposed to taking taking this talent and developing. And you look at what Tavondre was when he when he got here to what he is now. You look at that with like Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford is another example. These are kids that Texas is developing, and I think that is like a, a huge selling oh, it, point for the coaches of and to families of like, look, we're, we're going to take your kid and we're going to, I mean, Ethan Burke, like, look, look, I, I Ty, you probably know what Ethan weighed in high school and like, look at him now. He's already developed into a, into a big time player. I think he's yeah, thick. He has. He's thick now. Well, and here and Colton Bostic will be there next year, right? Colton yep. was, was seen as even a better, higher graded pass rusher coming out of Westlake when those two were playing together at Westlake. It's yeah. one of the best Texas defenses, Texas high school defenses we've ever seen. Uh, and, you know, and so you're going to have those two guys, but you want to be good on the interior, and that's where, you know, Alfred Collins could be important. Cause, but Alfred's going to test it, and he, Alfred's got that NFL body, and they're going to they're gonna like the prospect of him. But we know that, that Alfred's motor still doesn't work like Devondre's and Byron Murphy's does. All. I mean, look, if you could put Byron Murphy's motor into Alfred Collins, you're talking about a top 15 draft pick, potentially. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm hoping Alfred – Test the waters and, and does come back. It would help I Texas. Think be, yeah, I think he he could have a, a potential season exactly. Because like you're Devondre. losing you're losing the guts of your defense for next year, right? Jade, Jalen, the two tackles. I mean, those guys are Ryan Watts. Uh, you're coming back with a lot of talent, as we're talking about. I mean, they're, they're they're refilling the pipeline, and the portal is still available. Look, this is why Texas is scary for everybody. I'm not saying this because we're in Austin, Texas, but if you talk to folks around the country, I mean, Nick Saban uh, has been you know, the, the the fact that they do have the deep pockets in NIL, they do have the war chest it's going to take, and they're developing talent, and they're in Texas where you can recruit talent. Look, you had Matt Rule yesterday at Nebraska openly saying that, just so everybody's understanding, it's going to cost more than a million dollars to get a quarterback through the portal this year, right? It's going to cost you. That's what you're paying. And he's openly saying that there's quarterbacks making six, $7 million a year, which is not surprising. I mean, we've heard that from Nick Saban said it about Bryce Young when he was playing at, uh, at Alabama. Caleb Williams, what do you think he's making out on the West Coast? I'm not, you know, Quinn Ewers right here in Austin. 
I get me see Quinn yours doing all kinds of commercials. Good for him. I mean, I've never had an argument with this. But point being, if you're in a place that, that has a recruiting base like this, a coach and a staff that can recruit and develop like this, you become a, you potentially a juggernaut because you have no limitation. You have no limitation to, to you know, the, you're going to be able to, to, to pay NILs where you have to uh, and use that, that coffer. You're going to be able to do And you're selling to the kids that playing for championships, playing in the SEC, and – developing for the next level. Rod has said this to me many times, said it to you folks many times. Every player, I mean, you can go back to Rod when Rod was coming out of high school, you know, late 1990s, into 2000. What do you want? You want a place where you can, you know, that you, you feel comfortable, A, but you want to play for championships with other good players. You want to play with other good players. You want to play for championships. You want to play in the NFL. And now you add NIL to that. Texas checks all those boxes. And you have a great city behind it, too. And oh, yeah, I think that, that's that helps, the, too. Like that market, the, the market with brands, et cetera, it's huge. And there, there's not a better – market in the for sure in the sec in my opinion besides maybe nashville besides vanderbilt and vanderbilt's not the the caliber of program texas is. Right. so you've got you've got a, a powerhouse program in probably the best city in anyway i mean i'm not hating on sec but it's 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 all college towns right athens is a great town but the, but it's it's based around the college well, tuscaloosa it, auburn uh, oxford all of them well and some kids some kids want to play in a college town i mean yeah. that's just that's just going to be and those are great places and that's fine too but you know i look texas you only take 23 24 25 kids a year anyhow so and you can attack the portal but uh you know texas is in a good spot whether they get in or not somebody said e you're delusional if alabama beats georgia they'll be in look i i believe that if alabama beats georgia they deserve to be in what the question is who's going to be out it can't be texas is what i was saying yeah it can't be uh, it, 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 I would argue that at this point it would be Florida State, even as an undefeated conference champion. They would say, you know what, somebody's got to be out, and we're going under the best four-team criteria. And right now Alabama just proved by beating a team that won 29 straight games and back-to-back national champions that they're one of the four best teams. Oregon or Washington has proven it. Michigan has proven it over the course of the year. Texas has to be in because they beat Alabama. That means Florida State gets the screw job on that, in my opinion. Well, and, and it's like, it's like, what are what are you going to stand for as a committee, right? Are you going to stand steadfast on fourteen and zero Florida State, who who deserve to be there, right? Because they went undefeated. But you have to look ahead. Would you rather watch Alabama play one of those other teams, or would you rather watch or Georgia, or well, whoever here, it is, or would you rather watch Florida State? And well, that, yeah, that's that, an that, easy. Don't think TV eyeballs don't come that's into an it. Easy answer. It is, but it, to me, it's easier than this. This is a weird year. <laughs> Unlike any other, and we are because you would be including four other conference champions. I mean, four other conference champions would be in. It's not like you're bringing in a non-conference champion to to replace a conference champion. Florida State would just it would be a shame that their quarterback got hurt. Sorry, yeah. and I don't think that's a hard sell job. You're taking the SEC champ, the Pac-12 champ, the Big Ten champ, and the big and the uh, the Big Ten champ. Those four are in, and you have to leave somebody out. There are five Power Five conferences, so you only have four spots. So one of them, if they're all qualified. And they're all of merit. You have to pick one. And I think the separating point under that scenario, Alabama beating Georgia, Texas winning, Oregon or Washington winning, Michigan winning, would be Florida State. Sorry. Yeah, and I, and I agree. And, and it's just, you know, it's a shame because the argument, whether you're putting in these one-loss teams, Oregon, Alabama, sorry, you just said it, TV eyeballs, who are the four best teams right now? Yeah. Not back in September when you had Jordan Travis and you beat Louisville and you beat – excuse me, you beat uh, – 
um, you know, LSU and you beat Clemson and you had some nice wins. Who, who are the four best teams right now is what we have to take. And sorry, Florida State, that's just the way that's going to be. Sure, I mean, there would be outrage in Tennessee or Tallahassee. There would be, you know, frustration at the ACC office without a doubt. And then the committee would come back and say, well, that's why we're going to 12, y'all. I mean, you know, that we're going to 12. This won't happen next year. Everybody will get in. It's a shame. But, you know, this, this isn't everyone gets a trophy. Somebody's going to be left out. That's why I'm telling Texas fans, you could be the one. When it's all said and done, that gets the screw job on this because it. But I don't. But if it, Alabama winning and beating Georgia would not be the reason, that would further buoy Texas's case if they have a dominant and impressive win on Saturday. Yeah, and poor, poor Florida State's going to have the world rooting against them because nobody, no, uh, no. I mean, I, I like I've liked watching Florida State this year, but nobody wants to see them in that playoff. No, no, and that, so yes, you don't that think you don't fun. think uh, ESPN and TV eyeballs have some influence on this? They're going to say, "Come on, guys." Um, Could you imagine Georgia? Florida now the question State? I would have is under that scenario, the real interesting thing would be how they seed it. What's well, going to be Georgia, Florida State if Georgia wins? Or are you talking if Alabama wins? If Alabama wins, then it's going to be Michigan, Florida State. Remember the, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl because uh, because so, so Oregon or Washington is going to stay out west, so they're going to be two three. Because that point it doesn't matter where they're one or two. They, you're, now you're playing for a TV game. But they would seed. I you, they'd have to seed Florida State as the four, no matter right, no. what. Well, so. I'm talking about if Florida State's out. Oh, if they're out. Okay, right. yeah. So, so if Alabama wins, Michigan would move to one, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, Texas two, Bama three, or because they they put Bama two. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They won't put. They won't put Texas over an SEC, even though Texas beat them. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> You're not listening to me. The semifinal games are in the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl. They're going to set this up so that the Rose Bowl, if they can, is a Big Ten team versus the Pac-12. To, for the old times. Sure. Yeah. And regional. Geography matters in their bylaws. Uh, it, at that point, it doesn't matter who's one, two, three, or four. We're all playing for the ship for the same championship. Um, I, I know that, that that seems flippant to say it that way, but no, you could you will you will seed it to where Michigan plays Oregon, Oregon, yeah, Texas plays Alabama in a rematch, and then Oof. the winners play for the national championship. And that would be traditional because you still have a lot of traditional politics in college football to have a traditional matchup in the Sugar Bowl, to have a traditional matchup in the Rose Bowl. People would argue would be good for the sport. Oh, that's be great, great for TV eyeballs. That's a great semifinal matchup yeah. right there. And then, you know, winners play. Uh, we'll take your thoughts. This thing goes round and round and round. We're just uh, ready for the talking season to be over as far as this week goes and get to the dang games. They're coming up starting tomorrow. Speaking of dang games, how about the Cowboys? Are we bullish on the Cowboys demolishing Seattle? Not just beating Seattle tonight. D- demolition time tonight. We'll talk about it in Bullish or BS. Also, some other topics that were Bullish or BS coming up on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. That's right, 4-7 on Friday. That'd be tomorrow. Terry Black's Barbecue, downtown Dallas, right in Deep Ellum. Great spot. Cool thing about uh, Terry Black's Barbecue, so many when you're there on Friday night, if you're staying near Dallas or it's not too far from Arlington either, uh, once you're done eating barbecue and hanging out with us talking Texas football, there's all kinds of cool little spots down there in Deep Ellum that you can bounce around to, you know, park your car and have a have a night. Uh, not going far, which is pretty cool. Or Uber on over there and join us. Terry Black's Barbecue, 4 to 7 tomorrow. We'll also be joined by the Inside Texas guys. Uh, Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton for sure. Could be some more that join us. I'll be there as well. After the morning show tomorrow, also on Saturday morning, make plans to join us at Jay Gilligan's in uh, Old Arlington there, downtown Arlington. Cool spot. I've, I've had, if I've had one person, I've had 50 people tell me I've got to try their Irish nachos. What, they, is, what is an Irish I don't know. nacho? Because I've never been to Jay Gilligan's, uh, but mm-hmm. they say that they're amazing. Some type of nacho dish that they have that are uh, – 
But it's, I'm like, well, it's maybe for lunch because I'm going to be there at 8 in the morning. So I'm not having nachos at 8 in the morning to go on air uh, for our pregame coverage. And, of course, back here in Austin, uh, hopefully Rod Babers is back from his, uh, his uh, COVID protocols. Uh, but if not, whoever, it'll be Ty and uh, Patrick and Rod from the Horn Studios and uh, from here in Austin. I will be at Jay Gilligan's. And uh, one other PSA note on that, as I've said, if you, you can shuttle yourself over to this game from Jay Gilligan's, you can park there in Arlington. They have a shuttle. Uh, the owner told me that they shuttled almost 3,000 people for the Cowboys game on Turkey Day. So That's clutch because that traffic gets yeah. – gets, it's, a, it's a parking lot. Yeah, shuttle you over and back uh, after the game. Uh, they'll get you all the details. Let's go to that website. It's Jay Gilligan's in Arlington. So Terry Black is on Friday afternoon, Jay Gilligan's on Saturday morning, and thank you to our friends at Hayes City Store and Ice House, uh, Taste on Main, and, of course, One Source Gas for helping us as our travel partners. Hey, by the way, a couple uh, other PSAs. How about this? Today's, today is your last chance. Today is the last day of November. Tomorrow's December 1st. Today is your last day to save an old Google account. If you have an old Gmail account there, Nick, yeah, because uh, Google announced uh, last in May – that uh, starting tomorrow, December the 1st, they're going to start deleting Google accounts that have not been used for more than for a couple of years. Uh-oh. So be advised. <laughs> if you have one, go, go, go log in. Uh, that, that's interesting. But uh, bullish or BS time? Hey, uh, you bullish on this there? On your, Nick, maybe you. I know Ty is going to hate this. But Kraft, the Kraft company is introducing mac and not cheese. Not mac and cheese, mac and not cheese. It's a vegan dairy-free alternative to, to its usual mac and cheese. Comes in two varieties, original and white cheddar with shells. I'm out. Right. Out. But there are vegans out there, you know what I'm saying? That's, they've been craving some mac and cheese. This so is Velveeta? mac and not cheese. I guess. <laughs> I, I will say, as you, at least for me, as I've gotten older, cheese is a little tougher on me. So I, I'd be willing to try it, but I have my doubts. Not, hey. None of that ever tastes as good. Hey, so uh, how about this? Bullish or BS on this? And this? Sometimes, you know, Aggie jokes write themselves, the whole Mike Elko um, <laughs> situation, the Mark Stoops. Uh, but Sooner jokes write themselves too. But an Oklahoma Sooner fan who named J.P. Franklin was caught on camera during the game, one of their games, and the Barstool Sports account shared his picture, uh, and he's, he's got uh, bad teeth. I know exactly who you're talking about from watching that game. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah. Well, how about this? J.P. Franklin, according and a dentist named Brett Francis, stepped in, found him, and offered to fix his teeth for free because people were ridiculing him. That's smart. That's a really good idea. And I mean, I sadly went through my head as like, "There's your typical OU fan." Right, exactly. That's exactly what went through my head. That's, I know I, I've got to look it up because I know exactly who the guy is. That's what Barstool. That would. <laughs> there's your Oklahoma fan. You know, one tooth, one tooth OU fan. Well, someone who's had their teeth restored by Dr. Greg Eckert, I can avouch. Good job there, JP. You're gonna love that. I promise you. Hey, Ty, are you bullish or BS on the Cowboys tonight? Uh, and, and I think we're all bullish on them to win the game. They've won 13 straight at home. Let me start with that. Anybody, anybody predicting uh, an upset here with the Seahawks in Arlington as a nine and a half point underdog? I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I could see I, this Carol, could be, I could just see this being a letdown for sure. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Cowboys to cover, so take that as with a grain of salt. Okay. Any any, any team that has a uh, more wins than losses for when the Cowboys play them, it scares me a little bit. But I I do think being at home and I like like you mentioned, Aaron, they're kind of on the. I think they're they're struggling right now. But I I. I never feel good about watching the Cowboys. So, <laughs> so funny. I, I love them. I love I'm, them. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I think they're going to ha- hammer Seattle because I watched Seattle play. I know one game doesn't make the next, but I watched them play San Francisco last week, and it's they're just 
they got some issues, and the Cowboys can take advantage of those issues with their defense. Geno Smith's kind of back to being Geno Smith at times, and even though they have weapons and their defense isn't great. And here's the thing. Cowboys, as we said, have won 13 in a row at home, and in those 13 wins, it's by nearly 20 points per game. At home, they, the Vegas can't make a line large enough to cover the Cowboys right now at home. They're just – I mean, they can't. And meanwhile, the Seahawks have lost three or four. They scored just three offensive touchdowns in, the, in that span of four games. That's bad. Uh, and the Cowboys, you know, defense has been outstanding. So, uh, Seattle has won four of the last five meetings against the Cowboys and covered, but uh, this is a different team and this is a different Cowboys team. They beat – because, hey, look, I know the record says they're a winning team, but what I just told you would tell you they're not that good. They've lost three of their last four. They've only scored three offensive touchdowns in that span. I'm putting them in the category of average to bad team right now, the way they're playing. I think the Cowboys cruise tonight. Yeah, cruise. We, we just need Deron Bland to get a couple scores. Yeah. yeah we'll, he may, be, we'll be fine. Well, he's outscoring wide receivers in fantasy football right now, Deron Bland, with his pick sixes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, Ty, you are picking the Cowboys to cover tonight for your pick? Yes. That will be one of my Sex Panther picks of the night. Ooh. Sex Panther. Uh, we'll, we'll make an official pick tomorrow, Ty, on our Friday edition of the program. But do you uh, have an initial lean on Sunday afternoon's big game in Philadelphia. The Eagles hosting the San Francisco 49ers in a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. Any early lean? And about this, Niners are Niners are favored by three in Philly. I would take Philly in the points. You'd at least tease that, right? You'd at least find another game and tease that up to nine? Yeah. If you're going there? I mean, you get nine? You're getting Jason Hurts Philly at home with nine? Might do that tonight. Cowboys, there minus, you go. Yeah, Cowboys Eagles, minus three, plus nine. Bullish. Bullish. <laughs> All right. Take your thoughts, Cowboy fans. How you feeling about this one tonight up in Arlington? Uh, if you're a Longhorn fan, get a look at it. That's the same stadium you will be in. Longhorns have – there's so many Longhorns on this team that haven't played in that stadium. Some of them in high school did, state championship games. But uh, it's been 2018 since the Longhorns have played uh, – in the Big 12 championship game. Hey, we'll be back. We'll pick this up. We roll on all the way to 11 o'clock on a busy one, the final day of November. Uh, a little rainy outside, so be careful. We'll keep you posted there with Dom with the traffics, but uh, we're getting you all the way to 11 o'clock on a Thursday. Aaron Hogan, Nick Shuley with Rod being out. Ty Henderson in our studio. It's The Horn. It's 101.9 AM 1260 streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com.